0: We continue in part four of this story, and we're gonna just keep rolling here because the spirit of God has really moved this place. Uh, Dr. Henny, yeah, we're, we're gonna stay in the spirit of this because, um, just, just amazing. You talked about footprint, handprint, um, on your life. Your dad had a tremendous impact on your life, great sacrifice. I can't even imagine what it required of your father to get you three siblings to boarding school in Lofa. The, the kind of work he must have had a work ethic and, 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 and a drive that was incredible. I've never thought about that, but I just the, the, what it would take for him to do that, and 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 even to have his children so far away for us it was like, man, our children went away, but you went away for boarding school, high school. Um, that's a sacrifice, and then to get you there is a sacrifice. And then you have a, a, a doctor that takes an interest in you. There's a sacrifice. There were a lot of people that God put in your path that sacrificed, that put a handprint, a footprint. And can you tell us a little bit more about those key points and and how you see that today when you look back?
1: Well, when I look back, you know, starting from my dad, Uh, my dad was a surveyor. Uh, He was the first in his family to have gotten an education. And he told us how he got the education, how he had to walk from his village to go to where he got his education because he did not want to be a part of the rest of his life because people were coming, soldiers were building the roads and they wanted him to carry things on his head and he just did not want to do that. So he went and got an education. So education became very important in our household. But not only was it important in our household, but he did something remarkable that I think uh, uh, also uh, has an impact on all of us, his children. He is not an educator, but there was a situation in Kakata that made him to build a school. Uh, My father uh, has a school in Kakata, uh, now that is uh, up to high school. Uh, It was because of one little girl that died on Mm. her way to school in another community. She got hit by a car. And so he came back to the community. That was not his community. My father lived in Medingo Quarter, and this was in New Kakata. And he said, you know, this is what has happened to the girl. Let us come together and build a school so the kids would not have to cross the main road. And they were all excited, but when they came down to the bottom line of it, everybody backed off. He didn't have the money, they couldn't do this, they couldn't do that, so he went and built the school in 2003 and today that school has more than a thousand students with a lot of employees at that school and so this is a man who uh, was not an educator but he saw the the, the need there was a vision as well to have this in the community so that school exists today Mm -hmm. and when you see that and you come back as a person who has been so, so privileged. I consider myself to be privileged to have had the experiences that i had. So you automatically want to give back to, to society. Right. You can just hold on to what you have. Right. So that was the first hand and the foot that I saw. And then the doctor who introduced me to Christ, she was there during the war, and she fled at the height of the war because she almost lost her life. So she moved to this country, and uh, she's been here since then. And uh, she was able to come back for the first time for his birthday. It was good to uh, renew that relationship. She still is a believer and uh, walking with the Lord. So that was great to see that. And then I have visited my friends in Charlottesville who uh, really... Did something remarkable when I say footprints in my life. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I was diagnosed uh, with breast cancer Mm -hmm. in the uh, Soviet Union, they wanted to do the surgery. They did (coughs) a lumpectomy, and so this uh, this couple that were Mm -hmm. with the U.S. Embassy, uh, they were my friends, and so they allowed me to stay with them, and. uh, I did not want them to come along with me to the hospital because in those days in the Soviet Union, it was almost next to impossible for a a Soviet to see you, a foreigner, being educated, African, hanging out with Americans. So automatically it made you like a spy that you're taking information from there and giving it to them. But actually they were not spies, they were just doing a job. And so when he heard that I was sick, they told me to come to Moscow, to their house, and they were going to take me to the hospital. I did not want any association. I did not want him to be with me. Nothing. I just, like, he said, I'm going to take you to the hospital. I said, no, just drop me off at the train station. I'll make my way. He said, no, I will go. And the thing that really uh, struck me was... After I resisted, he said, no, I'm going to go with you. No, Chris, I'm going to go with you. And so we got in the car, and we drove to the hospital. When we got there, I said, you know what? Please go. Just leave me. I'll go in. He said, no, no, no. I'm going to go in with you. So he got out of the car, and he said to me, Chris, I will go with you until I'm told I cannot go any further. And I
0: thought, wow. What a commitment.
1: What a commitment. Mm-hmm. And so he walked me into the hospital. They examined me and told me everything. And then later on, the results came back. They said, well, we have to have surgery. And he said, no, uh, I'd like for us to take her home. That was on Friday. I'd like for us to take her home, let her be there over the weekend because this is a major decision that she has to make. Let her think about it and we'll see. So right after we left, he said, I will take you. To the U.S. Embassy doctor, mm. and so he took me to the doctor there and he examined me and he said, "Yeah, uh, this was," and they prepared for me to leave the country and go to Sweden. Mm. So that's how uh, this family got me out of there into Sweden, and uh, that that again was only, God hands mm. only God's hands that actually could have done something like that.
0: Well, how do you get? Uh-huh. From, how do you get from Sweden? Mm-hmm. What's your journey from Sweden? Back home. Well, back
1: to And uh, Then Sweden, uh, then I came, not directly, I went back to uh, where my life, where you think I never should have gone. <laughs> back, because actually I got kicked out of Russia in 1987. I was deported, physically deported out of the wow. Soviet Union. And uh, so then I ended up in several different hot spots, I called And then I ended up in in Sweden. And uh, while in Sweden, another family, uh, the Methodist minister that brought me to Georgia, they also knew my activities there with the underground because they helped me with Bibles. I was also bringing in Bibles and they were responsible for that. So then they brought me over and I went to Emory to do my public health. So, you got an MPH as well? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Wow, ministry, uh, master's <coughs> in, Master public, in health. public health. So, yeah. you and
0: I are both Emory graduates. Yeah. I graduated with my master's of divinity from Emory. Yeah. And so, I, I got a fellow alum, uh, uh, Emory. So, you went from Sweden to Emory University. Coca Cola University. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <that's laughs> was it Coca Cola? It, it was. was. Yeah. It yeah. Was. yeah. We with my wife's a Pepsi drinker. We got there and she asked one of our one of our orientation. Yeah. She said, Is there a Pepsi machine? Everybody in the I whole remember. class has stopped. Yeah. <laughs>
1: no Pepsi.
0: Bishop Ken, no Pepsi here. I want a <laughs> Coke. You could buy a Pepsi anywhere around Keller or Emory. So you went, you went to Emory, got your master's in public health? Yes. Uh, and, and so
1: right when I was finishing up, uh, Uh, then the board of global ministries, uh, for the United Methodist church, the United Methodist church, they were looking for somebody to go back to Russia because they had had presence there in, uh, and you're the person, 1917. (laughs) And that was when they had their presence, they imagine In 1917, That was wow. When, uh, from Finland, that's when they had uh, those Here you are, and, you, you speak Russian now, yeah, you Russian know, everything. <laughs> you get so, recruited. Wow, that's so incredible. I was recruited to go back. And Did you go and you went? I, I, I went. You're a brave I, woman. I was so excited to go back. I love her. So excited and then they refused. They refused to give me a visa. Uh, but then while in in D.C. that uh, uh, Sunday, waiting to come back on Monday to New York to tell them, well, they have just turned me down. Uh, I would not be able to go. Uh, there was a coup in, in uh, Russia. And so when the coup took place, I told people it took God to cause a coup in Russia to get me back there. And so I went and I was working there uh, for the board. I worked for 10 years uh, with them. In the process, uh, my uh, diploma was given to me because I was, again, I said I was deported Mm -hmm. out of the country uh, because I did not accept to do the exam uh, that they wanted me to do in atheism. And so that's how I got kicked out of the country. Wow! And so, uh, and they were able to give me back my diploma and uh, gave right. me uh, two years to go to Moscow, where uh, it was only for the elites of that time that could go there. Foreigners were not allowed So, so to the, coup uh, they, 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 the coup changed
0: everything for you there. the
1: coup changed everything. Yeah. And so I was able to be there and worked for another uh, 10 years for them. Wow. Uh, and after I left from Moscow, I went to Armenia and worked for one year for them with, uh, uh encore. Which United Methodist Commission
0: on United Methodist Commission yeah. Commission on Relief. For those of you who understand, yeah. why is Pastor Troy know all that? I was a United Methodist pastor for twenty years, mm-hmm. highly involved in the church, and so these are all very familiar. So did you when you were traveling for Umcor and mm-hmm. for you, uh General Board, did you did you come home some to the United States? Did you travel uh, in uh
1: no you I, were just stationed
0: I, I, in those stations? I,
1: I, I no, when I started with the board of global ministry, I had to come every three years. Back home. Back to the US. And you have to do the tour around. I in, had to doing a tour and to around, share everything you know yeah yeah everything. so
0: that's why you know the extensive of united states you've yeah, traveled a so lot to do that I've been to all the Little, the little bitty churches. The churches. And if they and were like five-star mission giving churches. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I the Methodist mean, Church, uh, churches give to global missions. Uh they, they can give advanced special giving in that. And w- what's very good about that in those days, we had missionaries around the world. So she would have come home. I could have I was a pastor for 20 years in the Methodist Church. Mm-hmm. I could have called and said, Hey, I'd be interested in a missionary mm-hmm. coming and talking to our church yeah. so that our women's group or this group or that group yeah. would would be excited about what they give next mm-hmm. year. And mm-hmm. so you have extensive experience. Not just in yeah. the field, but coming back and being a, 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 a witness to others and inspiring others.
1: Yeah, it's a whole so, different world there. Yeah, a whole different world. So that's how I got to know so many people yeah. around. And then after I left Armenia, I was sent to Tajikistan, and it was a USAID uh, project. USAID. Yeah. yeah. So I did that, and then I went over to Kazakhstan. In Kazakhstan was where the Russians did the nuclear testing Mm -hmm. almost 50 years ago. And so it was a closed area. There was nothing, no foreigner. Nothing could go in. Nothing could come out. And uh, when the collapse took place, uh, the board of global ministries decided they wanted to make their presence there again. So... They sent you in, sent so wow. I was there uh, for ten years.
0: You can I can see now God's footprint, handprint on you because he's 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 God sending you all around the world here. But at the same time, he's building relationships and networks to support what would become a great ministry today.
1: Yeah. So that's where now I'm leading. <laughs> yeah, because uh, all of the time I worked for almost twenty four years with the Board of Global Ministries. Uh, very faithful. I said they didn't pay. I mean much but they experience the opportunities to see this great country and travel mm. just travel even if i had money i may not have been able to travel to all the places around this country that i've traveled so i'm very thankful to them for that and uh when i left i actually was uh getting a new assignment to go to mozambique and i thought i've been praying uh, i don't want to go to mozambique <laughs> Uh, I have served all around the world. It's time for me to go home and serve my people. And the Board of Global Ministries said, no, you cannot do that. We do not send people that were born and raised in their home country there. We usually send them to another part of the world, but not in their own country. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the reason behind that was, but I thought, you know, How best or who best could serve their own people? The people who knows the culture and the language and thing I think I can serve better there in Liberia than I will be able to serve in Mozambique, getting to know learn a new language which I was not interested in. So I thought, Lord, uh, now this is where the rubber actually meets the road. Can I continue with the board going on to uh, Mozambique or going home. So after praying, I had this peace of mind that I can go home. Even though I was going with nothing, I was going with no support because the support system was in the Board of Global Ministries. So when you leave, you leave all of that behind you, you're not going to take it with you. So how am I going to get there? But uh, it was by faith that uh, No problem i'm going so i left i went uh you saw the first clinic i had nothing uh but i did have the heart to serve
0: i'm going to bring up her first Mm -hmm. clinic here just so you can remember the first clinic we show this in part one and two and three this is literally a open clinic at her at her family home and Mm -hmm. that's where she began to see patients in 2012. Mm -hmm. um and 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 what where she's at now is just extraordinary. The facility. Yeah. Um, so, so you the, started right there. Yeah, started right. That's there. That's where you wake up in 2012 and go, "I'm yeah. going to be a doctor in my own town." Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and you've come and, from yeah. Russia, the United States. You've been in top clinics and top hospitals. You've got a chance to tour and be at places. And 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 this is going to be, uh, this is where ground zero starts for you back in your country. Yeah. The reality of what you hoped as a little girl that you could change for other little girls Mm -hmm. is really here starting today. Yeah. yeah, Go ahead.
1: So then, uh, people that I've worked with over the years, uh, people that uh, have come to visit me in Russia because we had teams coming in Russia, in Kazakhstan, that I put up with and we worked together. So when they heard I was in Liberia, they thought, even though we're still with the Board of Global Ministries, but we're coming to work with you. So that's how they came back and they have been working, making their donations, their contributions, and uh, it's just been fantastic how God prepared the way. The way. You know, Where and there seemed to have been no and way.
0: C- and where you were being faithful, yeah. uh, where you were being available to the church and serving God was also putting you in places to plant seeds yeah. that would be a part of the healthy women, healthy Library vision. Yes. Many years later. Yes. So just being faithful and used by God, you, you you gave freely, and in the meantime, God was preparing harvest back for you yeah. and the vision of your ministry.
1: Yeah, So that's that's where we are today. I, I think one of the
0: things that's interesting, uh, I was looking at one of the pictures here that I was trying to think about our clinic here. If you take a look at this one, uh, the, the 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 there's a she's giving us a gift there in the top. That room in her clinic is i think it's the largest room in the facility it's actually the chapel Mm -hmm. the largest room she built this incredible clinic it's incredible facility beautiful waterfield primary Healthcare clinic and the largest facility is the place where she gathers with her people to worship Mm -hmm. and so you cannot i mean most hospitals today (laughs) most clinics frankly today they've gotten rid of their chapels they've turned them into something Mm -hmm. else And even hospitals of the past, their chapel, their their clinic might be the smallest room with the little mini pew. But what's interesting in your facility, uh, the place where you gather for your team to worship, and they have regular worship as a staff is is there. So it's very clear to me that you on the backside of this, you give great thanks to God. You've seen God's hand and feet in this. Mm -hmm. And I think honestly, your work is just really still only just beginning. Because I think you're now at the point now where you're able to realize that vision of beginning to put people in communities that can be there for those other little girls, those other little boys right now, right now, today. Yeah. It's incredible.
1: So we, we do a lot of other things to take care of the people in the community. We had sewing school where young girls and guys could come and learn how to sew. Uh, we lost that property. It was right on the road mm-hmm. when the government was rebuilding. The oh, when of, they were moving the road. Yeah, moving the road it kind of broke it down. So, but we still have plans on using the low space that's left to uh, start the sewing school again for them because it was making a huge impact in the lives of those ladies who otherwise would not have had anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, for Christmas and uh, July 26, we also reach out to the communities uh, from the clinic. We uh, bring all the kids together in the playground. Uh, we provide things for them, clothing, slippers, uh, books, whatever we have uh, to help with that. And uh, then for Christmas, we have a meal. So last Christmas, we felt, uh more than 1,000 uh, kids. Uh, this year, we're planning on serving more than that In a bigger area. So, everything about us there is about ministry. Absolutely. Uh, And community. It's about ministry, community relationship. Uh, Because uh, without that, I don't think uh, we'll be able to dream about the changes that we'd like to see in the country.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, let me, let me say this. If, if you're out there, I'm going to put, I put a slide up on the screen called healthy women, healthy Liberia. You can go to healthywomenliberia.org. That's their website. You can go to their Facebook page at healthy women, Liberia as well. You can get connected. If you've heard something, uh, sewing machine dream, you, 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 there's going to be equipment that's needed. Uh, if you would like to be involved, uh, they feed the children in July for your, for, for the Liberian uh, birthday declaration. What was that, July Independence. what? Independence. And what's the day for that?
1: July twenty-six.
0: July twenty-six. ours is the fourth, ours of the 26th. Uh, they, they feed the children there and at Christmas. If you'd wanna be a part of that, reach out to them through their network, find out how you could participate in something like that, how you could inspire, how you could provide a scholarship or something for a community health nurse uh, worker going out. There's a lot of ways in which you can help it. Just connect with them. If, they, if you can't reach them, uh, reach through us, and we'll get you some direct connections. I wanna come back in, I, you've done a beautiful job of telling your story here. And so as, as we wrap up this uh, last part here of this, of talking about your story here um, and close up, I, I wanna just encourage people to realize um, if, if you're a little girl, a little boy today, um, let me, I'll wrap with this and then we'll move into five. But if you're a little boy, little girl today, what would be, what would be the top things that have guided you in your journey to maintain you? you know what, what are the things that kept you on the path uh, what, are, what are the moorings we talk about journeying out into the water what are the things that have kept your ship stable the rudder the the, the, the keel what have kept you stable and on the right path and what what served you well what would you encourage other people to, to consider as they drive toward that dream?
1: Well for me I honestly think it had to do with a uh, relationship with Christ. Because the more I depended on him, uh, the more I saw results. Uh, When I started searching scriptures uh, every morning, praying, uh, I think uh, it gave me the discipline that I needed, number one. It also gave me the perspective. That was different uh, because uh, when you look around where I've lived, uh, we may not think, you know, that's a big deal, but it is. Uh, you, You get involved in so many things like corruption, not only in Africa, but even in Russia, even in Kazakhstan. You come across those things. So what guides your heart against those things? Again, it comes back to, what you just read this morning, mm-hmm. how you should live, uh, how you should uh, respect, how you should Having care, that daily quiet time, that daily that relationship. Daily relationship. And so
0: that's why the chapel, Actually, the worship uh, service has become yes. such an important part of Waterfield because you, you see it as an ongoing journey yes. with God guiding you along the way from a child to even yeah. today and, and forward. Yes. And, and the discipline of doing that mm-hmm. and maintaining your perspective on things. Yes.
1: And I love i love And then hard work uh hard work uh, <laughs> I'm going to add that in cuz yeah, you can hard work you 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 have to be able to have that discipline to work uh if you think you're just going to sit there and you're going to be cared for i think that's a mistake yeah uh, so so hard work
0: hard work discipline perspective and let let me throw this out to you from one of the things i've i've heard for you in this i think you've got to go where he sends you You have been willing to go. Your dad sent you to boarding school. You got an opportunity to go to Russia to be trained. You got an opportunity to go to uh, Switzerland, you said? Sweden. Uh, Sweden, Sweden. 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 I I get all those mixed up. You you got a chance to go to Sweden. You got a chance to go to the United States. You got a chance to go back to Russia. You got a chance to go to many other countries. And finally back to you. You really went where the Lord was leading you, and you made your prayer prayer involved that.
1: Yeah. So, again, availability, you can only learn about that as you search the scriptures, that he says I will lead you or go, and so when you go, he goes with you. I have a, follow me, yeah. you know. He comes along. Yeah. So, but that availability uh, comes with that again discipline that you have learned from the word of God. How my life needs to be disciplined. How can I make myself available? Toby be able to serve wherever he sends me. Right. Because uh, like Russia, when I tell friends that I live in Russia, it's like a black woman <laughs> living in Russia. I said, that's not even the coldest place. Kazakhstan was the coldest, uh, minus 50 degrees wow. weeks on. And there was never a day that anything stopped in that city. Mm-hmm. You had to go to work. So you feel your hands, you feel your yet everything, like it's popping up, but you had to go because uh, that's what you needed to do.
0: That's amazing. That's a, so, so. So let me see, a minute. The, the best quote I have: the more I depend on Him, the more I saw results. Mm-hmm. Very, very work. And then you talk about discipline, perspective, mm-hmm. hard work, hard work, going where God leads you, mm-hmm. and availability. I, I use a term I teach here, I've been teaching for years, I learned through my mentor, it's called fat sheep, God wants fat sheep, faithful, available and teachable. You got to be faithful to be there for him, you got to have a relationship available to go where he wants to send you and trust him, you know, make sure you're hearing God. And then ultimately, uh, you need to be teachable, uh, teachable that and uh, and all that. Beth, if you need to step out, I, I understand. I've seen she's getting a phone call. So go ahead and do that. And teachable faithful, available and teachable. Um, that sounds like very similar to what you're saying here in the principles here. So I, I just, just a wonderful, wonderful perspective. Um, what I want to do is I want to wrap up here in this section. Am I, am I close to where I could wrap up this, this piece oh, yeah. here, piece here. And, uh, and then we're going to come back in the closing section. We're going to get ready for one more. Cause what I want to do is figure out, you know, we've been hearing your story and you know, your story's still going on so we're gonna it's gonna be amazing to see what god does it and i can see so much now why your education base your community base you're relationally based um i've learned so much about you here and i can see why you are the mentor you are to people today because you were mentored by people Amen. and from your dad from that doctor i can see why your model uh of replication is very powerful very powerful and to be honest with you it's something money can't buy because money cannot buy relationship to to care about somebody else enough to transfer that skill, and I can see why why it can change your country. You you have an incredible gift, an incredible soul. So we're gonna wrap up, Dr. Chris Henestory. We're not finished with her. We're gonna come back in the next one, which is part five, ministry. We're gonna look at major ministry fronts, Doc. I want to give people a chance to hear those major ministry initiatives that you're doing, what's gonna be happening. And we're gonna help people get involved. We wanna get people connected to you, to your ministry and how they can help. And we'll wrap up any final questions we have in in that episode. So we're gonna pull up and out of this. And once again, I wanna tell you, you can, uh, we we hope you've enjoyed this. This has been incredibly intense. Uh, Dr. Hinn has been amazing. And uh, let me again, Healthy Women, Healthy Liberia, Dr. Chris Hinn, she's a medical director. Uh, You can just, look, if you just wanna bless the ministry, connect with them through Facebook or email. But if you want to write a check or you want to get involved, she's here and going home, but she has a board here. She has people here that can come and and rep- represent their ministry and organization. And she has a full 501c3 and NGO, NGO stands for non-governmental organization. Uh, they would love to have you partner with them. If, it, if it's something that would, would, would bless you and connect with their ministry, you could reach out to them at, at Post Office Box 816 Waxahachie. Is that right? I can't say that, Texas. And you can can get all their contact information from the various sites there you're seeing. So we're gonna be back in in the the next one, we'll be back in the next episode, which will for us be part, uh, I think it'll be part five, it'll be part five major ministry fronts, major initiatives to come and uh, major ways to get involved. So we'll be doing that in just a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you can find us at onthedoc.org and you can email us at info at onthedoc.org. You can get connect with us if you wanna reach out to them, we can give you uh, connections and those. And Hands Hope Foundation that I run here in the United States, we do partner trips with them. We will plan other ones coming up next year. We're just trying to wait for COVID to get a little bit clearer. Right now, it's okay for very small teams to go in so we can help you maybe organize. If you're a surgeon, you're a pediatric surgeon, you're, you're an OBGYN, you're in the medical field and you'd like to go serve and help, we'll help you get coordinated to do a trip now. And um, she can certainly shepherd you through that. And we'll be glad to help you do that. So you can find out more and join us on the show. We're not done with this series. We've got a lot of great shows. You can go to doc.org and find that, but you can also find us on our main platforms at YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, and we also have a list of other platforms you can see on the right. And we'd love to hear your comments on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, and Getter. You know, we don't just say, we never say anything mean or anything. It's just more to communicate how you can be a part. This is a platform to help you get out of the shallows and into the deep. Please hit subscribe, like, share these videos with other people so they can be inspired. Also, there may be another little boy, little girl out there that needs to hear this story that you can do it. Uh, you just got to get up and be available disciplined, hard work, go where God wants you to go and you can do it. So hit subscribe, hit like, notify, tell others about it. We'd always love you to be a Patreon partner or sponsor. And if you're out there, Kellogg, we'd love to have you for Pop-Tarts. Uh, we'd love to have you. And if you don't have a church on, we'd love to have you at Community Faith Church. Uh, we have church on Sundays at 10 o'clock and Wednesdays at 630. We would love to have you here. We have a. a, a Virtual campus at coftv.com. You can find us also on a Facebook and YouTube channel under Community Faith Church. We'd love to have you. Dr. Hannah, thank you for being a part of this and sharing your story over the last couple episodes. And we look forward to wrapping up with you real soon in a final big finale as we find out how we can do more and more to see healthy women, healthy Liberia uh, become an even grander experience. It's amazing what God's done. You're an amazing witness, and God has really blessed you. So thank you for being here. Thanks for joining us on the doc. We'll see you soon again. I'm Pastor Troy, and we're Glad to have you here on The Dock.